My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. I speak to you in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. There are many images and many titles for Mary. Images of her are often doleful, portraying her in all seriousness, such as Our Lady of Sorrows, who Simeon warned would have her soul pierced because of her son. Icons of Our Lady of Sorrows portray her with a downcast gaze, sometimes with swords piercing her breast to represent her seven sorrows. First, Simeon's prophecy itself, then the flight into Egypt, losing Jesus in the temple, meeting Jesus on his way to the cross, his crucifixion, taking his body down from the cross and burying him in the grave. An image and title for Mary that breaks my heart is Our Lady of Solitude. Mary, shown as she would be on Holy Saturday, after the crucifixion, before the resurrection, dressed as a nun. This is the Mary you pray to when you are desolate in your loneliness. This is the Mary you ask to console you in your grief. These images of her are serious, sad, but truthfully, most images of Mary are serious and tinged with sadness. Even ones that show her in roles that aren't necessarily sad. Our Lady perpetual of perpetual health, our Mary, Queen of Heaven. Mary looks out at us from paintings and icons from statues, with a seriousness, a compassion that pierces our souls, drawing us towards her. In her, we see someone who knows suffering and therefore understands and cares about our own. No wonder Mary draws people towards her in devotion. When God the Father seems far away, it is natural to turn to Mary, our mother, who knows just what human sorrows are. And don't we need her now? Now when there's so much to grieve, to lament, to fear, in this strange, strange time when illness runs rampant, leaders seem indifferent, to our pain and fear, when we must reckon again with our racist history and structures. What parent can't find comfort in Mary, the mother who knows what it is to worry and fear and sorrow over her child? Who among us can't identify with the disappointment she must have had in God? that nothing had turned out the way she had imagined or wanted. On this day, when we celebrate the Feast of St. Mary, the Virgin Mother of our Lord Jesus Christ, a somewhat general feast in the Episcopal Church, but known 
to the Romans as the Assumption and the Orthodox as the Dormition. It's easy for me to imagine a look of sweet relief and blessed rest on Mary's face as she falls asleep and is taken to God, her painful earthly course finally finished. The dolorous, serious Mary, the one who has been pierced by sorrows, is powerful, providing a refuge in our own sorrows. She has been supremely important in my own faith and prayer life. Yet the image of a sorrowing Mary is not what we have today in Mary's Magnificat nor in most of the biblical images of Mary. What we get, rather, is wonder and joy. And all the readings chosen for this feast magnify that notion of joy. We hear the people of Israel and Isaiah announcing that they will rejoice in the Lord, exalt in God, not because of what God has already done, but because of what God promises to do. Likewise, the psalmist promises to bless the Lord at all times, having God's praise ever in his mouth, to glory in the Lord, so that the humble will hear and rejoice. The psalmist invites us to taste and see that the Lord is good. Mary is no stranger to this history and tradition of rejoicing in the Lord, and that joy pours forth from her in song as she greets her kinswoman Elizabeth. She can't help but exclaim, My soul magnifies the Lord, my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Then, as in Isaiah, she gives forth the cause of her joy, the history of God's mercy upon Israel. And perhaps, even more remarkably, all the promises of God, promises that Mary is so secure in that she sings them in the past tense as if they've already happened. He has scattered the proud. God has brought down the powerful, lifted up the lowly, filled the hungry, sent the rich away empty. She takes joy in what she trusts God to do because she knows from the history of her people that God is trustworthy and faithful. In this moment of sorrow, when we are most likely to turn to Our Lady for compassion and help, handing over our sorrows and troubles to her, which we should. Let us also look to her not only as a mother, as our mother in sorrow, but also as our model of joy and trust in God. For even when we are in the muck, lonely, scared, unable to see any reason for hope, we are still called to rejoice in God. Even now, and at all times, we have cause for hope. For we know the history of our God. We know that God never deserts God's people, and that God loves all, but especially the poor and those who suffer.
no matter how chaotic life is now at any time, we know that God's universe bends towards justice and that God's promise of salvation through Christ is trustworthy and finished, which means his promise of resurrection for us, for the world, is also trustworthy and accomplished. And so may we, even in times of sorrow, may we follow our mother, our model in faith, Mary, in hope, nurturing the joy that is in us. For she is also known as Mary, joy of all who sorrow. Mary, cause of our joy. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.